1: Hey, one job, that's win. Touchdown
2: from long distance. Yeah, there's never any panic. One of the great you'll
3: see all year. They're on to the
4: divisional round.
2: And I just want to win so badly. Just do or die. It's where you like to be.
4: Woo, who's going to win that one uh, in advance to the AFC championship? Very awkward. Woo! Well, I was excited about it. Uh, Josh Allen spoke to the media just a bit ago. We'll bring that to you in a moment. Welcome to NFL Live. Dan Orlovsky, Marcus Spears, we're coming your way. Don't come Georgia. with that foolishness today, though. I already feel it Actually, coming The show's off. not yeah.
5: making it to
6: five.
4: Bring it. Uh, Keyshawn Johnson and Adam Schefter are with us for the hour as well. Let's hey, get right to Bill hey, Bengals. They play again after their Week 17 matchup did not resume due to DeMar Hamlin's collapse. Hamlin has been at the Bills facility, continues his recovery. As Both of these teams gained a ton of respect for each other after what they went through together. So it'll be fun to see them out there on the field. The Bengals entered this contest having won nine straight games. The Bills have won eight straight. Both of these teams in a good spot. This is the sixth time in the Super Bowl era that the two teams meet in the playoffs, with both teams on a win streak of at least eight games, the first time that it's happened before the conference championship. However, Josh Allen and the Bills have had some issues with turnovers during the win streak. So, here's what Allen and Sean McDermott had to say about that earlier today.
2: Just trying to move on, be the best quarterback that I can be for the Bills. Um, Obviously, wanting to make good decisions. And, you know, there is a a thin line between being aggressive and and, um, being a little bit reckless. So, again, just, you know, getting back on the right side of that line and uh, being being smart, but not
5: being conservative. It's just an important piece of winning games is complimentary football
4: and um, you know it's clear that we uh, make it awfully hard on ourselves sometimes. I trust our our players though that they're going to get it corrected and, and take great ownership of it. You know, Dan, as we were listening to that, you're like, this is really great sound. I agree. The way that Josh Allen was talking about it, you, you don't want to be aggressive, overly aggressive, yeah. but there is a fine line there. How do you think the Bills need to correct the turnover?
6: Dan, what, should I, what, do, what do I think the Bills should do, Dan or
5: I think that you're going to say they should put Josh Allen underneath center a little bit and try to run the football a little bit. Go. Okay, thank ding, you for ding, that ding.
6: first part. Because yeah. honestly, like, how much – this should be the thought process of Ken Darcy. How much pressure – can I take off of my quarterback mm. until I need him to be what we know say, him to be?
5: Especially early in game,
6: right? Yeah. Like, er, like, like, get it going. And y'all, we saw this, right? If you came into the Cowboy game last week, you say you don't run the ball up the middle on Tampa, yeah. And then we had that conversation about how you stretch defenses. They have two guys that can actually do that in Singletary and Cook. They do a good job of running the football. They get away from it because they don't have that idea of explosive success that they get from the passing game. And that's what happens to teams, man. And that's why I always, when we have this conversation, I'm always, I make it very important to say, I'm not saying hand it off 40 times. Mm. I'm saying you do that in order to get to what you love to do. And when you do what you love to do, it's easier. And then the other part is this. I don't think it can be understated of how important Cole Beasley is going to be to Josh Allen in particular. Mm. He wins fast and he works the middle of the field. And when we see the Buffalo Bills offense be explosive, usually it is about the others. Last year, we saw Gabe Davis explode in a pivotal game. Uh Cole Beasley uh mm-hmm. last week had a really good game, had some critical times where he needed to get the ball out of his hands, and he has a guy that can win fast. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. Those two things to me is what takes pressure off Josh Allen because he turn the football over this year. Sure. Mm-hmm. It takes the pressure off of him, and not only that, you help this offensive line. Yeah. That is sort of an issue. Keyshawn.
1: You, you, you know, Marcus, you I'm going to let you and Dan handle X and O's. I'm going to let y'all get on the screen to do y'all thing the way y'all do it to make everybody understand football, but I want to take it in a different direction. You mentioned pressure. There's a lot of pressure on Josh Allen, but a different type of pressure, you know, typically mm. when you say pressure, it kind of comes with a negative connotation like, I want to say more of he has a a the city on his shoulder so to speak yeah and what yeah. I mean by that is if you look at over the last several months going back to last year the start of the season all the the, the yeast that was on Josh Allen He probably as far as I know watching the NFL and being part of the NFL preseason hype for MVP was like on a whole other level well that's gone right then you look at what happened in the city of Buffalo with the shootings? Then the, the snowstorm came along. Then his teammate DeMar Hamlin's situation against the Bengals, as Laura mentioned. And now on top of that, you talk about the red, white, and blue colors of the team. And then you look at the fact that the NFL made a decision that if they see Kansas City the AFC championship game, it's now going to be played in Atlanta. You have no issues. There's no weather issues. It's indoors. It's about 13-hour drive one way, 13-hour drive for another team, That, to me, is a lot of pressure that he'll be feeling to deliver another opportunity to win a game, to advance to an AFC championship game, to get the team to the Super Bowl. So he's going to be feeling a lot of stress, I think, in this particular football game, which is totally different then X and O pressure. Yeah,
4: Yeah, you know, uh, Key, I'm glad you brought up that neutral site location thing because that is going to be a big theme going forward. The other thing, Dan, back to the game, you know, we did see some holes in this Bills defense. What do you think is important for them?
5: Well, that's part of the reason why I found the the sound from Josh and then Sean McDermott so fascinating because Sean McDermott used a word for me that stood out, complimentary. Mm -hmm. And right now the style – for Buffalo's offense in the way Josh is playing is not complimentary to their defense. There's two things I think their defense struggles with right now. Getting to the passer, obviously the Von Miller injury. They, they got Von Miller for this time of the year, and he's not there. And I don't feel, as I watch these games, that they legitimately can get to the quarterback. And then they struggle when they play zone defense right now. Both of those things are connected. I think that Leslie Frazier, their defensive coordinator, has got to sit there and go, who are our best pass rushers? Matt Milano. And Edmonds Hmm. and the more they can blitz those guys and create some of those matchups and play man coverage actually I think it's better this is Milano just that's an offensive lineman and they've got enough people committed on coverage on the back end Milano's athleticism his leverage his ability and agility is very good and the more that they can create some of these matchups this week against a Bengals offensive line that isn't very good right now because of the injuries. And there's the man coverage on the back end. Kair Elam, their first round draft pick out of Florida playing corner. I think he's a much better man corner than he is a zone corner. So these guys are their best pressure people. I know we've waited for like Oliver and Rousseau to show up. They necessarily haven't. So. I don't think Leslie Frazier's the, the, the defensive corner that wants to live in that world of linebacker pressure. Yeah. I think right now he needs to live in that world of linebacker pressure and playing just a little bit more man coverage.
4: You know, to that point, the Bills have held opposing quarterbacks to 5.9 yards per pass attempt when playing man coverage this season. That ranks in the top five yeah. in the NFL. So it, there are some positives. When totally, and that's well, a great
5: right? stat. It's dicey this week. I right. get it because it's to Cincinnati. Say. <laughs> yeah. But
6: if you, you do what you
5: best at.
4: Right. I, I just think
5: you. you do what's necessary yeah. this
6: but, week. But to your point, too, about complimentary, I know we gotta go real quick, it feels very boom or bust for this team. Sure. Hmm. And you don't wanna really live in that. You want yeah. some level of consistency, Calm it down. something you can hang your hat on. Sure. And right now, if it's not Josh Allen making making explosive plays, like when was the last time we saw Buffalo sustain a drive? Yeah. Right? As opposed to here it comes, right? So I, I think that's a very important part, especially when you get in the playoffs because Cincinnati usually makes teams play that way with Lou Anna Yeah.
4: Okay, so you mentioned that Bengals O-line, and let's get to that. They have had the same starting offensive line for their first 15 games of the season. However, after losing left tackle Jonah Williams to a knee injury Sunday against the Ravens, that knee's dislocated, by the way, that unit has now lost three starters to injuries within the last month. In addition to Williams, Alex Kappa unlikely to play Sunday due to an ankle injury, Lyle Collins out for the season. So here's more from Joe Burrow on all that.
2: I think our locker room is so rare and so close. I think that's why guys are able to step in and make the plays that they do is because you know, everyone has trust in everybody in that, in that locker room to put in the work to get their job done. And so whenever one guy goes down and you throw another guy in, you know, the expectation is there's not going to be a drop-off, and there really hasn't been at, at all this year for any position.
4: So, Dan, a lot of questions about this Bengals O-line and those injuries. What are you watching for if the O-line can't get fully healthy? Because I think we need to live in a world where they are not at full strength.
5: Can Cincinnati still play with three wide receivers on the field? Because when offensive linemen go down, my natural reaction is put a couple tight ends on the field, put the quarterback under center, try to run the ball and play action. I just think it takes their best players off the field. And this is one of those moments you just have to trust Joe Burrow. Still play a little bit spread out. We call this three-by-one with your Y open. Sometimes Jamar Chase is the receiver backside. Sometimes it's T. Higgins. And you got to trust Joe to be like, okay, I got the one-on-one backside. Great. If not, run those three-by-one RPOs where the tight end's all the way outside. Jamar's at the number three. And just trust Joe to manage this situation. The other concern is Joe Mixon had some struggles picking up pressures last week against Baltimore. But instead of going to, like, what's safe, I think you got to live in your world of our best 11 players include our three wide receivers, and you got to trust the quarterback with some of the formation diversity to manage the situation.
1: Yeah, and he's got to be able to get him in and out of bad plays, no question about it. But when you talk about an offensive line who's struggling, you flip to the defensive side of the Buffalo Bills. This is not a – defense that comes with a lot of heavy pressures getting to the quarterback. They struggle getting a quarterback on the ground. That's one of the things that uh, Brandon Bean, the general manager, wanted to do in the offseason was go get a guy like Von Miller who's not available to them so they can get Joe Brawls on the ground and Patrick Mahomes or whoever else they see in the playoff at the quarterback position. Now they've got to figure out how to harass a guy with a struggling offensive line. And you're right, Dan, in terms of the resets, three receiver sets, what are they going to do? Are they going to allow Joe Mixon to try to understand how to pick up the protection, to do those things, chips to get out? And if they do, they're now taking him out of the pass routes. So now uh, uh, Joe Burrow now is reduced from having another receiver out in the routes.
6: Well, I also think, uh, too, uh, and and this is not my point, but if you were placing three starters on the offensive line and we saw Owe we saw James Houston had their have success, yeah. right? So if you Buffalo and you want to know who, if you got four guys that can rush the passer, this should be the week where you find out right. if Ed Oliver and Greg Russo and, and those guys can get after it. I'm going to go to the other side, though, because I, I like – the way that Cincinnati defense adjusts, and we've talked about that a number of times. I like what they particularly did at the end of the game. They noticed things. This is what made Lou Anarumo really good and, and caught the attention of everybody. It's the last player of the game. Don't you for one second think Trey Hendrickson has won that rush, but he understands who Tyler Huntley is. And just a little. Of slowing down and making sure, see this right here? It is see that right there? See that right there? Just to just to make that throw a little bit more difficult. Now I know it's the last play, but think about the difference it makes if Huntley is able to get outside of the pocket right. and buy more time for those receivers to really get comfortable. They do a great job and making sure quarterbacks make stay in the center of the pocket. Now, you talked about it, D.O., quarterback run. We've seen Buffalo go to that when they need play. Yeah. This is a different type of defensive line. We've lauded about Reader all season long and the way he's played the run. Trey Henderson is not your conventional 260-pound defensive end that you're playing against. Sam Hubbard is a big physical edge guy as well. They are more suited to handle Josh Allen at the line of scrimmage than most teams are. I'm looking forward to seeing, one, how do they keep him in the pocket, and really on those design runs against this defensive line in particular, you may not be able to have your way if you're not creating that, that space okay. that's necessary. Because these D the tackles eat up blocks as well as anybody in the NFL.
4: Trey Hendrickson, Mina Kime's son, ranks <laughs> fifth in the NFL in pressure rate Still. this season. yeah, yeah listen, She knew what Still. she was she talking told about. Us, she
6: told the whole world about him. Years
3: ago. Let's
4: knew. bring in Adam Schefter here for the latest news around the league. Adam, we begin with DeMar Hamlin.
3: Well, there are encouraging developments out of Buffalo. DeMar Hamlin has been spending time in the team's training facility, according to Sean McDermott. He's been there on an almost daily basis recently as he continues his road to recovery. Love to see him back in the building. It's an emotional boost for everybody. Everybody's excited to see him and spend time with him. But the fact that he's back there at all is a great sign as Buffalo prepares for its playoff game. Meanwhile... Sean Payton spent yesterday meeting with the Denver Broncos, Broncos out in Los Angeles to meet with Sean Payton and the Rams defensive coordinator Raheem Morris. It'll be a busy week for Sean Payton. Now with the Texans on Monday night in a virtual call, the Broncos on Tuesday, and we'll have the Carolina Panthers in New York on Friday in the latest interview for the head coaching job as he continues to sift through opportunities to see what he'd like to do in 2023. Meanwhile, the Broncos' former head coach was with the New York Jets today interviewing for their offensive coordinator job. There are so many teams right now that have offensive coordinator needs, but obviously the Jets reached out, brought in Nathaniel Hackett, obviously went through a tough year this year, but might be interested in coming back to be an offensive coordinator next season, though Denver still owes him plenty of time and money. And let's keep in mind, there are currently six teams With offensive coordinator openings, there are a lot of openings across the league to fill. One of them that's not opening, the Pittsburgh Steelers said today that their offensive coordinator, Matt Canada, will return in 2023.
4: It's interesting when you think about all the hiring that's going to have to happen there, Adam, and some of the moves these teams can make where we see maybe the minds that are going to sort of escort the NFL going forward when it comes to the offensive side. We'll keep an eye on that, and I'm sure you'll keep us updated. We're just getting started here on NFL Live. Dak Prescott shredded the Bucks Monday night. Keyshawn will tell us how the Cowboys can repeat their stellar performance against San Francisco. A really good defense, by the way. Plus, the other two NFC East contenders face off this weekend. The Giants visit the eagles marcus will take us through how the giants should use daniel jones if they want to pull off the upset these teams play each other three times to see if uh, the
5: third time can still be the chip <laughs> you want him to huh? he just pretends slacking me i saw
0: that
5: yeah. he put bunny ears on him yeah.
0: what if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight.
4: The postseason NFL countdown crew has you covered for the divisional round. It's Saturday morning at 10, Sunday at noon on ESPN. They've got features, early breaking stories, injury updates, and previews of each game. So glad you're watching NFL Live. and glad to have you here today. Let's read and react with some of the happenings around the NFL. We start with Aaron Rodgers, who had some people talking about his future again yesterday with his comments on the Pat McAfee Show. Here's more.
2: I think no player wants to be part of any type of rebuild. I said that years ago. Um, reloads are a lot of fun because you feel like you're close. You're only a couple guys away. You know, if they want to go younger and, and think Jordan's ready to go, then they're, then that might be the way they want to go. And if that's the case and I still want to play, then there's only one option, right? That's to play somewhere else. It, if there's a rebuild going on, I won't be a part of that. Keith,
4: hey, please tell me we're not going to spend a whole other offseason on this.
1: <laughs> I, I, I hope not, Laura, and I understand exactly what Aaron Rodgers is talking about, about Rebuilding versus reloading, I get it. But what I would say is they're only going to rebuild if he decides to leave. So what I want him to do is take some time off a couple weeks, which is normal for NFL players, and not hold everybody hostage. Make a quick decision. And I'm talking about soon as you get through vacationing and hanging out, let's get going. Let's start talking about (laughs) going and chasing a championship again. Don't stress Mm. this thing out right up before the draft, and I don't know what I want to do. Just get it over with quick so you're not having one foot in and one foot out. I don't want to be talking about Aaron Rodgers and what he's going to do in the month of June. I don't want to do it.
4: Good advice, Keith. Uh, let's get to the Cowboys and their kicker situation. Brett Maher missed four PATs against the Bucks on Monday. Now they take on the 49ers in the divisional round. Is Maher still their kicker? Listen to this.
6: At the end of the day, we all have a job to do. He knows he has to put the ball through the uprights, and, and you know he's been super productive and consistent for us. We all work with each other every day, and you know, and, and that's and that's what I believe in, and uh, believe in him, and, and you know his path. And I think so much in this in this business, especially this game, you know, you learn more from your experiences where it doesn't go the way you like, uh, as opposed to the success of it.
4: Marcus, do you agree sticking with them?
6: Yeah, I agree, but I'm nervous as hell. <laughs> and, uh, th- th- yeah. Here's the thing, though. Brett Meyer, to, to Mike McCarthy's point, he has been very solid for them uh, for majority of the season, and I get not basing obviously this these four PATs, but the other coin flipper that is, you know how important special teams and these points are. Every single point is a critical point in the playoffs. So. There was probably a lot of conversation about if they won trial other kickers, but I think it boils down to the devil, you know, and the devil, you know, is Brett Maher who has been consistent throughout majority of the season and you don't make a change because what happens if the other kicker comes in and it's such a pressurized situation and he misses one that's for three points.
4: Well, hopefully the vote of confidence helps too. Yeah, we'll keep definitely. an eye either way. All right, let's get to the Chargers who parted ways with offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi after a brutal collapse against the Jags resulting in the end of their season. Head coach Brandon Staley said this about the OC search.
5: You're looking for someone that can really um, connect the group and get them to play a certain type of way and I think that's where it starts, and that that comes from young guys, it comes from medium guys, older guys, it doesn't matter, but it it really starts with leadership, and I think bringing out the style of play um, that we want to have as a football team, because it's about a football team in all three phases, playing a certain style, and that's what I'm really after in terms of leading a group and connecting it.
4: had another O.C. coming in L.A., another change there. Give us some potential names to look out
5: for. Well, two things. First of all, bad case scenario. This is the third offensive coordinator in four years for Justin Herbert. Second thing is this. Talent-wise, he's as good as anybody in the league. Who gets him there? Number one, I look at the name like Pep Hamilton, who is his offensive coordinator's rookie year. been tough because Brandon Staley could have had the chance to keep him there when he got the job, then he didn't. Number two, Brian Johnson, who's the quarterback coach for the Philadelphia Eagles. Imagine some of the stuff that Jalen Hurts Ooh. gets to do with Justin Herbert. Number three, I would tell you Joe Brady, who's in Buffalo right now, the ex-LSU coordinator in, in Carolina, just because his time around Josh Allen. Again, some of the stuff that Josh Allen's able to do. And the last name i throw out is a little bit of a flyer. Ryan Greasy, the quarterback coach for the San Francisco 49ers. Two reasons. The job that he's done with Brock Birdie. And could you imagine, close your eyes, Charger fans, Justin Herbert in a Kyle Shanahan offense. Goodness.
4: I like that one a lot. I'll keep my eyes open for Verified. that one. Instead of closing them. Uh, the other name that's been out there is Frank Reich. So we'll see if that ends up Love happening Frank. too. And, in and many Frank, places. Right. Totally. If if the Chargers would even be able to get him.
6: Hey, whoever get him, move him out the damn pocket.
4: Yeah. Well, that would work. Okay. So totally let's agree. talk about what's coming up next on the show. The Jaguars <laughs> headed to Kansas City this weekend after the comeback for ages in the wildcard round against those Chargers. And Waffle House was involved forever. Lawrence, what? he's a man of the people. What? Listen to this. what do you get? Waffle House.
6: We gotta go one day after the game, and then last week I told him like once we win on Sunday, we're going to Waffle House. I
4: didn't get Waffle House, man. That's a that's a that's a, that's
5: a baller move, man. Uh, and so uh, maybe uh, if we if we win this one, I'll think of somewhere to go that that can match that. You, you want a true story? Mothered.
4: Yeah, yeah, I do. Never been. Uh, shocker. Can we get this man some culture?
5: <laughs> I've never been. I also don't-
4: The reimagined Pro Bowl games are coming to Las Vegas. Oh, the turn first up. five events of the skills we'll competition will be there, we'll be there. Oh, what up, Thursday, Pat? February what up, 2nd at 7 Eastern. Pat? And uh, this one ah. on ABC and ESPN. The final four events, Sunday, February 5th, starting at 3 Eastern, noon Pacific. It all culminates with three 7-on-7 flag football games with Peyton Manning coaching the AFC team and Eli coaching the NFC team. All the stars are going to be out there. Good going to be a whole lot of fun. Yeah. Of course, you had to get that in there. All right, Adam Schefter back in here with top storylines around the league this Wednesday. We begin in Tennessee, Adam.
3: Lord, The Tennessee Titans have a new general manager. They are hiring Rand Carthon from the 49ers right, front yeah. office, somebody that's been very He's helpful good to the 49ers in many man. of the decisions that they've made and the things that they've done. And now he will take his talents to Tennessee to replace John Robinson. The Titans settle on their new general manager, and again, this is quite a busy time for Rand Carthen with the game this week and now taking over as the Titans' general manager. And the Titans became the second team this week to fill that hole. Earlier in the week, the Arizona Cardinals hired Monte an away from the Tennessee Titans as their new general manager and the Cardinals first order of business of course is to go find a head coach they are interviewing their defensive coordinator Vance Joseph today as they continue to search for the next man to replace Cliff Kingsbury they've spoken to Frank Reich the former head coach of the Colts they'd like to talk to Brian Flores of the Pittsburgh Steelers but Vance Joseph is interviewing for that head coaching job in Arizona today
4: uh, just in case anybody was wondering, yes, Marcus, Marcus loved the man beard.
5: <laughs> he looked like Marcus, just 150 pounds less. And
4: by the way, can we just give Adam a little shout out there? You're over here talking about beards. You're talking about all kinds. Of, Adam just smooths right through it. It's all good. Chef,
6: I'm sorry, bro. I didn't know my mic was on. Anyway, man. I'm glad that That's was okay. all you said. So you can smoke in my ear
3: and whisper sweet
4: nothings anytime.
6: My bad. That's that's why I love you, brother.
4: Uh, Oh,
6: man. Shep, in the the middle of a report, and and I'm talking talking about about his beard is impeccable. I
4: can't. (laughs) Of the okay, ultimate pro good. and apparently liker of sweet nothings. <laughs> all right, let's continue on. Kansas City, Jacksonville coming off an incredible comeback win over the Chargers. A tale of two halves for Trevor Lawrence. He threw four picks in the first half, bounced back to get the win. A key two point conversion led to that win. Lawrence explains the play.
6: You know, I just saw the opportunity and figured that'd be a lot easier, no. I didn't feel like there was any risk of that. I knew I could get it in, so I just took it. If you make the play, you're good. If you know, that's one thing. It's kind of a, kind of a no-no, but you got to make the play. And you got to be smart, you know, there's certain, certain things you don't want to do it against. And obviously the ball is the most important thing, but you know, I felt, felt confident in it. And when you're out there playing and you feel something, I you know, the coaching staff has trusted me to make plays and um, I'm accountable for all that.
4: I mean, how cool is that, Dan? The creativity, him. it paid off.
5: Yeah, good for him. But the reality is they don't even get into that situation if not for being great in the red zone a little bit earlier. The challenge, when you get down into the red zone, especially in passing situations, you got to pull the right play versus the single because you're going to get so many double teams. You're getting four guys out likely, seven in coverage. And then your quarterback also has to find that one-on-one coverage. I want to go to the Evan Ingram touchdown. This is a great design by Doug Peterson. It's also great recognition by... Trevor Lawrence, so where's the double team? I'm gonna start with this. These two guys are going to double-team Christian Kirk, who's running a corner. Now, when he does go to the corner in the double, those guys are going to get lifted. That's a good thing, okay? Now we go to the bottom of the screen. You got Marvin Jones going inside release to that corner. That has to happen, because when he goes inside the corner, that gets vision on the safety. So there's another double-team. Can't throw the ball to either of those guys. There's a single coverage up top, but that's a really long throw and very challenging for the quarterback. Then there's a single with the linebacker in the back, but that's not going to get me a touchdown, okay? Trevor Lawrence has gotta find the one-on-one. Now it's Evan Ingram. We call often this route, we call it a jerk route, right? He comes down, he's got the option to sit, go in or go out. Well, they go jerk and pop. What happens is when, when Evan Ingram is going to sell this jerk route, you're trying to get that linebacker to drive. When he drives, remember, those guys are getting lifted. Ingram now go pop to the back of the end zone. Trevor Lawrence realizes the single, and then the ball's got to be perfectly placed at that face mask or higher. So that's touchdown number one for them to kind of get back into that game. Now we go to a second situation again, red zone. I'm trying to find the single coverage, get away from the doubles. You're going to get a very similar set. Marvin Jones backside, Evan Ingram as the three. Here's the double team. Backside safety comes over. Ingram, you're going to lift those guys. Now this safety sees Marvin Jones coming on this one-on-one because, they're again, back on the linebacker, not a good option. Single route up top, not a good option. Trevor Lawrence has got to find the single matchup. Zay Jones comes and sits, right? Once he sits, Christian Kirk has got an out route. This safety's got vision on the inside. Now Trevor Lawrence gets to read this corner right here, okay? If this corner decides, all right, you know what, I'm going to hang back, Trevor Lawrence has got to drive the football right now to Zay Jones for the win. If he drives like he is... I've got Christian Kirk on that corner out. I got to get the ball up early on time and throw it to space for Christian Kirk. There's that one-on-one. Everybody else was doubled. Great job. Now I want to go to that quarterback sneak that Trevor Lawrence is referencing. One thing to pay attention to to start, okay, linebacker number 49. When this motion comes, I want everyone to pay attention to what happens. There's communication. See where he starts? He's over basically the right guard, okay? Pay attention to where he's going to end up. Once he realizes Trevor Lawrence goes, oh, he just vacated, now I got a shot. The second thing is pay attention to where these defensive tackles are. You see where they are when it comes to outside those guards? I've got a defensive tackle there and a defensive tackle there. Trevor Lawrence realizes, man, this whole area is completely vacated now between the right guard and the center. I have the opportunity to jump and go over the top. The linebacker left. Going to be a playmaker. Beautiful job by Trevor Lawrence recognizing that defensive tackle outside. But it doesn't get there unless he realizes the one-on-one, takes advantage of it, and then goes and be a football player, goes and acts like a football player, and gets that quarterback sneak.
6: Freaking Doug Peterson, man. Golly, dude. Golly, that's what coaching is yeah. is to make these guys comfortable. Another way you can do that is obviously how they came out in the second half with Travis Etienne. Mm. This dude is starting to ascend into that Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, the usage type. Of how they're using him as a back and for trevor that first half right you having a you having a bit of a problem it was sticky coverage the zone this jump right here by hmm. samuel it kind of he kind of was trying to figure it out like what's the looks that i'm getting and then you begin to stretch him out you begin to tr- get travis one-on-one matchups you get him to the second level yeah. and now you vacate to your point then you vacate space yeah. at that point because now i if i'm derwin james One is churning yards on the outside of this line of scrimmage. Linebackers have to flow. Clear the picture up for him. So we saw from the first half to the second half, and and this is not about running the football. We saw from the first half to the second half of Doug Peterson saying, okay, how do I vacate area for Trevor Lawrence in order to make things easier? And we saw it all game long. That's why you ended up with wide open guys the, the rest of that game.
1: Does the teacher get the best of the student, though? Does Andy Reid and Eric bien and me and, and, and company understand Doug Peterson, everything that Andy Reid has taught him from a coaching standpoint? That's an mm. interesting matchup to me because now all of a sudden he's in the room. You know how that go, Dan and Swagoo. Sure. I taught you everything. So I know all your principles. I know your thought process because I told you on certain downs and distance, do these sort of things, here's how we want a game plan. Now you take that and you go to Philadelphia and you win a championship and now you're in Jacksonville turning things around with everything I taught you. So – Does that play into this chess match that'll be going on on Saturday at 4.30 Eastern time? I want to find out if that is the case.
4: Yeah, you know, we talked so much about this, Dan, when we saw the Chiefs Week 18, just how creative Andy Reid and company have been even this year, oh, even yeah. evolving totally. as offensive minds beyond what we've always seen from them with a new offense without Tyreek Hill. we got more coming your way here on NFL Live. Keep it locked for what's coming next. You don't want to miss this. O-line, D-line, uh, me? Dan and Marcus. Uh, they're going to actually talk about the best battles in the trenches in the divisional yeah, round. Yeah, we all. Don't miss it. We'll be right back.
6: Yeah, we are.
4: Yeah. Let's see if we can talk about anybody else.
0: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
4: Let's hit the trenches with the boys over there. Yeah, O-line, yeah, yeah. D-line. Came to my soul. I wanted to be an offensive lineman
5: when I was a kid. You know, I wanted oh, to be did. tough. So I wanted like to that? eat like the offensive lineman. I didn't. The matchup.
4: No! Oh, oh, we the got the him. him. Take it right down. Oh, my this goodness. is
5: a matchup of heavyweights.
6: I'm
4: in the trenches tris- tris- with the tris- rules and the lions and stakes, but I promise I always prepared.
6: Dan only
5: 140, but
6: he'll block your face off.
4: Did you just say Dan's only 140?
5: I'm way more than 140. Also, we were having a, since your body bigger, your hand's not that much bigger. They're big enough to slap
6: you. they like bigger
4: big <laughs> enough right,
5: Five best offensive defensive lineman matchups. Dexter Lawrence, who's had a great year, versus J.C. Kelsey, best center in football. I think
4: the
6: best way you defend the Philadelphia Eagles offense is you get pressure in the center of the pocket. Big RPO time. R.P.O. has to happen a little bit faster. All right.
5: Dawkins versus Trey Hendrickson versus, versus Cincinnati. Well, this matchup, they've been having some issues in Buffalo on their
6: offensive line, but more importantly, when you try to run it, this guy is going to be somewhere around the football. Big time matchup for Dawkins could be the difference in the game.
5: I'm putting Scherf up there because I think yeah. for them to win, he has got to have a
6: great game versus Christian. Oh, Jones. no question. We know how 95 can dominate games, but it's the opportunistic plays dominate. and the big time plays that he makes in critical moments.
5: One of the best defensive players in football, certainly one of the best rush guys, Nick Bosa versus Smith, the but rookie.
6: He's gonna win some, Tyler. He's gonna win some. He's, he's just that it. good. You got to eat it, and the critical thing is that. Hold on to the ball when he gets to you.
5: All right, and then we're going to put Trent Williams versus Micah Parsons. Micah came out and said, like, this is a different world for him. So, I'm going to put him, even though he's a Hall of Famer, Mm -hmm. Micah, you had a great start. I'm going to put you up there for that number one spot. I can
6: honestly care less about pass protection. Can you hold up against Trent Williams in the run game? Because when those edges need to be set against the San Francisco 49ers on the plays that you can diagnose, you got to be able to stand him up and make sure that you're closing the gap like I do with you. Stop. Stop. Look at me set the edge. Stop.
5: I mean, Stop. capture the edge. Ruddy. Pat, capture
4: the edge. I'm not sure you said it either. Look at his strength. I'm going to keep that there because Dan's veins are popping out of his <laughs> neck and Marcus isn't even sweating. <laughs> All right, let's get to the Cowboys. They I earned their heading, first road heading, playoff heading win ahead. since 1992 on Monday, knocking out Tom Brady and the Bucks. Now they turn their attention to the tall task of the dangerous 49ers. And turnovers could be key in this game as the 49ers and Cowboys, the top two teams in the NFL in terms of turnover margin. The 49ers have had one or fewer turnovers in every game during their 11-game win streak. However, the Cowboys defense has led the NFL in takeaways in each of the last two seasons. 49ers, a perfect 14-0 when they win or tie the turnover battle compared to 0-4 0-4 when they lose it. That makes sense, right? So Key and Adam here. Key, Coach Shanahan has his work cut out for him after the Cowboys' performance on Monday. What are you watching for in this game?
1: It certainly does. I think when you look at what the Cowboys was able to do to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' offensive line, or in particular, get up early, make them have to drop back 66 times. If they could do anything remotely close to getting up early and make Brock... Purdy turn into Brock the Pumpkin, and that is certainly a recipe for success. Look, we haven't seen Brock Purdy have to come from behind in in double-digit situations. If they can somehow do that and negate the the, the offense from giving the ball to Christian McCaffrey and have to push the ball down the field, you play right into what Dallas wants to do on the defensive side of the ball. And, And Michael Parsons, like the guys were just talking about, coming off the edge and creating havoc, and now you create those turnovers for a guy who hasn't been under duress at all for the most part in his NFL career.
4: Adam, both coordinators got a lot of praise for the Cowboys performance Monday. What are you hearing about potential suitors for Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore?
3: Well, this is a story that bears watching here going forward because both of the Cowboys coordinators have job interviews lined up here and Dan Quinn has gotten requests from the Denver Broncos, who he was in talks with last year when Denver considered him and decided to go with Nathaniel Hackett. Kellen Moore's got one from Carolina. But Dan Quinn's got Denver. He's got Indianapolis. And I think people have seen the way that this defense played on Monday night earlier in the season. They know he's got head coaching experience. We saw what head coaching experience can do for somebody like Doug Peterson this past year in Jacksonville. And I think that the more the Cowboys win, the more attention's gonna be thrust upon Dan Quinn as somebody who very well could come out of this search with one of these head coaching jobs. Currently five openings. Wouldn't be a surprise if Dan Quinn landed one of them.
4: It feels like we're trending that way. Who knows what's gonna happen with Kellen Moore, but since he took over as the Cowboys offensive coordinator in 2019, their offense has averaged 26 points per game, second most of the NFL, trailing only the Chiefs. It helps when you have the personality he has, but still it's worth remembering. Coming up next on NFL Live, the Giants and Eagles will face off. For the third time this season, the Giants seeking revenge on their division rival. See why Dan says the Giants' recipe for success lies in their backfield. It's all next.
3: What? Work harder. Huh? That's why we work harder.
1: God only made me one way.
6: That's the B.J. LaHurst. I'm
1: obsessed with this game. Enough is never
6: enough.
1: It's about taking it to another level. The only direction is to rise. Everybody in their opinions, they don't deposit at the bank.
4: Oh Jalen Hurts is locked in and the Giants and Eagles Lockie so it. nice Lockie. to see it thrice you know what? It's hard to beat a team three times at any level, but definitely in the NFL. Can the Eagles do it, especially with as well as Daniel Jones and the Giants are playing right now? And yeah, I did say thrice. Why not Dan? You know what else? It's not just Danny dimes for those Giants. We've given Daniel Jones a lot of love for his performance in Sunday's win over the Vikings, rightfully so. But how about Saquon Barkley? Saquon did it through the air and on the ground, posting a season high 56 receiving yards and running for a couple touchdowns for the first time since 2019. averaged 7.8 yards per touch, his best rate in a game since week one. Here's Isaiah Hodgins on Saquon's versatility and work ethic.
5: I would say just his his hard work and just how he practices. You know, a lot of times with uh, superstar players, what I've heard with other guys is that, you know, oh, this superstar doesn't practice and they don't work hard and they don't this. We'll do a a little inside zone and he's finishing 60 yards down the field, like in the end zone. And, you know, it sets a good example for young guys like me and, you know, younger guys on the practice squad or rookies and stuff like that. Of just like, man, like this is how you're supposed to practice.
4: Dan, why is Saquon so dangerous when he's used in multiple ways? Show us.
5: It's a little bit like, where's Waldo? Mm -hmm. When Brian Dable and Mike Kafka got there, they stopped having him just play tailback and turn around and go here. Try to go get three yards for us. It really like is like Bill trying George? to... It... It's placing him in all those different roles to allow his athleticism to be on display. This time, they're just having him, Basically, is lined up as a tight end. Great. Block on the perimeter. We're going to throw you the ball. There's that space that we so often hear in football. Ooh. And Saquon is just, hey, go, go do something with this. Third and three, we're going to pick inside linebackers. You set them, And now that ball's thrown at the line of scrimmage. You don't think quarterbacks like Daniel Jones love this? Great. That's an easy completion. This time, put him at the tailback spot. Now we kick him with some motion on the perimeter. So we've seen him line his tight end, throw it to him. We've seen him line in the traditional spot as a tailback and throw it to him out of the backfield. We've seen him line up as a traditional spot as a tailback and kick it to him in the toss. So the different ways that they're making sure he's our best player, we got to get him the football, but it doesn't have to be in the way that the defense necessarily expects it. Mm. That's what's allowing him to have a tremendous amount of success and impact for everybody on the offense. I'm
6: so happy for him. I'm I old. it's Athletic one of the points. best stories totally. in the league this like, year. Like Going yeah. through what he went through. And then we know the stigma that running backs have once they suffer an injury, more, let alone two of them, right? Mm. I'm going to go to DJ and, and look, we can get Brian Bowl his flower. He should be the coach of the year. I know a lot of people are in contention. Doug Peterson done a phenomenal job. Brian Bowl is the coach of the year. Nobody expected the Giants right. to win as many games as they won and let alone win a playoff game. All right. So when you get to this point and you see this offense and really thriving and you take away all of the things that we've seen Daniel Jones improve on. It's the fact that he's taking guesswork out of Daniel Jones' game and allowing his best trait as a as a quarterback right now to to flourish, and that's his ability to run the football. Okay. Like, and now he's more decisive. Dio, you remember when we used to have all of those conversations. About Daniel Jones panicking with the football. Yeah. A part of that is, and, and we should have recognized it, you continue to ask him to do something he's not good at. Sure. Right? And that's what his his former regime would ask him to do. Now you're getting him on the perimeter. Now you got defenses guessing when he's gonna take off. You got quarterback run built in. You're using him and Saquon Barkley, who are two devastating runners out of the backfield together in unison. I love to see it. I think the RPO should be a part of their game. As long as Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley is there, it makes him a better football. Player. Yeah,
1: Yeah, you guys are sitting up talking about Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. No question about it. Saquon Barkley makes this offense go, he makes Daniel Jones go. But let's not forget about the wide receivers. And I know a lot of people look in and say, What receivers? They they don't have any receivers. (laughs) Well, actually, they do because Daniel Jones is putting the football in somebody's hands, he's completing the ball to somebody. And I look at it this way, Dan and Swaggo and Laura, if you rip the names off the back of some of these guys, yeah, they don't have the brand. They don't have the star power. But I can tell you what, if you rip the names off the back and you put Hopkins on there or you put Thomas on there or OBJ or Cooper Cup or some of these other guys that have had fabulous careers in the National Football League and he's still going 25 or 35 for a couple touchdowns, what's the difference? They, yeah. they are out there competing. In doing their job, and you're right, swagoo nobody expected the, the Giants to be in this position. Mm-mm. This was an evaluation year for this football team and organization, and look where they
5: are now. I, I get nervous if I'm Philadelphia and a fan of Philadelphia because structurally, the Eagles' defense is very similar to Minnesota. They play that soft shell coverage. The one yeah. thing that Hodgins has brought to this offense, we talked about it, and Richie James' is feel versus zone. If they think they're just going to sit in that too high shell, and shut shut down Daniel in this passing game; they'll struggle. I think Philadelphia needs to get strapped up in man coverage hmm. and say we're better than you.
4: I can't wait for this game. Uh, time for one more thing before we go, guys. And you know, one of the things about Joe Burrow, he's real stylish. So Bills and Bengals coming up. What does Josh Allen think about Burrow's outfits? Two more?
2: No, no, he's he, he he's gonna win that battle uh, ten times out of ten. Um, I don't really. I don't dress to impress uh, on game day. just kind of walk in the closet and pick whatever I see first.
4: <laughs> that Same. sounds like how Dan gets ready. Same. Marcus, on the other hand, much more like Joe. He Martin. need a wife. He's stylish.
6: Oh, You? Uh, um Joe? Josh? Josh.
4: No, he you has don't, one. He's oh, got he a married? girl. He's got a serious girlfriend. Okay. Uh, or maybe she a need fiance. To, she needs
6: to, oh, need to intervene like God, your wife, you T. comfortable. As as
5: let me wear sweats all day
6: man, long. shut up.
4: You, you know what? Dude, you had, had one
6: dude go to school in Wyoming,
1: and you had another dude go to school at LSU. Come on hey, now, Swagoo.
4: there you go. Think we about, about it. The We drip guys.
6: things in the booth.
4: <laughs> you drip know things. it. See you tomorrow on NFL Live getting you ready for Divisional Routes. <laughs>